Thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of the For Glory podcast. Today, I'm here to introduce the episode along with your old friend Greg. Hello! Before we kick off this episode, I thought we could talk a little bit about what's been going on over the past two weeks. Um, We took a week off from playing because I just got surgery on my knee and I've been a little bit out of it. We left off on a bit of a cliffhanger, so Greg, what's the past two weeks been like for you? Anxiety, worry, and a lot of mixed emotions, not gonna lie. <laughs> mixed mixed emotions, okay. Yeah, very mixed. Like, like on one side, it's like, oh man, the drama, the, like, just not knowing what's gonna happen, right? It's, like, it's a double-edged sword. It's like, oh god, I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we left Jack on death's door up there in the top of the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, no, it's been in my mind since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe it. Those recovery checks are pretty brutal. You know, they get harder as they go. You get to dying for and you're toast, and any critical failure adds two to that dying condition, and it moves real quick. We left off with you at dying three, and basically it all just comes down to a single D20 roll without any kind of modifiers, and you gotta get a 13 or higher. Yeah. That is not very good odds. No, it is not. The things are definitely stacked against Jack right now. But that's what heroes are made of, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they're made out of Jack stacks. <laughs> you know, I think it's really important to have character death be something that stays on the table. Mm-hmm. Without it, giving characters plot armor, making them invincible, you know, it takes away from everything. If you can't lose, what are the stakes? Who even cares? You know, without danger, the game becomes kind of pointless, right? Exactly. Like, at that point, you might as well just be playing a video game and just simply reload a save if you don't like the outcome, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's at the same time, though, like, ah, there's there's so much that I want to see happen to Jack and happen from Jack. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm really hoping you, you come through it. Me too. <laughs> like, <laughs> until we get that dice a-rolling, like... <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up. Oh, yeah, I got my whiskey right here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm really glad... That, you know, you're a nice guy, Greg, and you're reasonable, and you're not threatening me at all. Uh, <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> not your character lives or dies. No, just, just using the Catholic guilt trips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> you know, I got a couple ideas of where this might go, so we're going to we're gonna play it out today, and we're going to find out what happens, and... Uh... Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, and I've been going through every eventuality since that day. Well, we're going to... We're going to get this ball rolling, so uh, thanks for listening, and tell your friends to check out the show, tell your neighbors to check out the show, tell everyone you've ever met in your life to check out the show. We hope you enjoy it, and if you're listening to this, I'm guessing you do. Let us know. Send us an email at fourglorypod at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R. Let us know what you think. But for now, buckle up, because here comes episode 14 Gronin in the Boneyard. Last time on the Four Glory Podcast. 
Let's go. This fucking blood mist monster. Nah, this is tactical retreat time. Is it tactical defeat? Yeah, it's not good. Retributive fumble. Have you seen what this thing is doing? The war zoomies. Maximum damage. Barwin's not budging. Wait, need your help. We rewind the vomit back into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> A fourth attack. 18 again. Excuse you, sir. I don't know what you want. What do you want from me? As long as I can touch it, I guess. And his hand begins to glow. What? Here's the bad news. The damage. Oh, no! This thing's dead. But, Jack. Yeah. Dying three. No, 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 no. Your turn. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Well, here we go. Gotta be a 13. No, no, before you no. roll. Before oh. you roll. Yes. We're gonna end here. I'll see you guys next week. Your story continues now. Seven years ago, fade in. We see the murky surface of standing water. It's dark. The air is suffused with the overwhelming odor of sewage. The silence is pierced by the shrill call of a whistle. We see a pair of booted feet plunge into the grimy water, which seems to be about mm, two feet deep. We see that these boots, and their feet, belong to a much thinner, paler, and sicker Jack Thorne. We see him rise from the waterlogged, thin mattress that sits just above the water's surface. He wades across the tiny chamber and stands with his palms and back pressed against the wall opposite the only door. A moment later, the bean slot in the door slides open, and the dim light of a flickering torch floods the room. Rise and shine, sweetheart. You've got work to do. We see a montage of Jack bailing out sewage from the flooded prison, scrubbing unidentified dark smears off the walls with a heavily worn brush, cooking beans in a massive cauldron, delivering the beans to prison cells, and reading water-damaged books by candlelight in his cell. Rise and shine, sweetheart. You've got work to do. Bailing out. Scrubbing. Cooking. Delivering. Reading. Rise and shine, sweetheart. Bailing out. Scrubbing. Cooking. Delivering. Vomiting beans. <coughs> reading. Rise and shine, sweetheart. Bailing out. Scrubbing. Cooking. Delivering. Reading. Rise and shine. Bailing out. Scrubbing, cooking, delivering, reading, rise and shine, bailing out, scrubbing, cooking, delivering. This time we see a face behind the bean slot, a young woman. She would be beautiful if her face wasn't swollen to the size and color of a rova eggplant. It's the face of Hilda Solverby. Fuck me, Hildy? Is that you? Maybe. Who's asking? My name's Jack. We worked... We both know Orns. Orns? 
little fellow with big plans. Sure, I remember him. Oh, you're the nice guy. I didn't recognize you with the... She draws a circle in the air with her finger around the lower half of her face. Yeah, they don't let you have a blade in here. You've been here since that night, huh? You gotta be just about finished in this place by now. What'd they give you? Two, three years for pitching? I'm supposed to be in here for six months. I got picked up for working the crowds at the Kraken Carnival. Mm, it's been three years. That gave me ten. Ten years? Abdar's balls! That seems a bit steep for a second-story job. Did you stab someone before they got you or something? No, no. Not, nothing like that. I just went to the meeting point in the old tower with that vase that Orin's was after, and at the Star Watch was waiting there for me. Tower? You mean the warehouse, right? I remember that night pretty clearly. I guess I really pissed off Maki before the job, and he took it out on the Night Watchman. Did everyone meet in the warehouse? Yeah, everyone but you. We all thought you got grabbed on the way there. That's odd. Did Orens manage to pay off Regulus? He must have. Regulus got real friendly after that job. He was real friendly all the way up to when the crew split up about a year ago. What happened? Orns decided he was too good for us and left, said he was moving up in the world. Last I heard, he was up in the precipice. Not sure if he was making a joke at the time, but looking back now, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Maki and I kept working together for a while, but he's got a temper that make an orc look reasonable. Well, we got into it one night about three months back, and he hit me hard enough that I didn't wake up until after he was gone. I heard he left town and is out someplace on the coast, working with a club called the Ocelot or something. And you're here, and now so am I, so that's the whole team. Keep moving, convict. A shouted command comes with a blow to the ribs from a club. <coughs> Jack continues down the perpetually flooded corridor, hauling his payload of boiled beans and resumes his unending routine for another five years. Goddamn. Oh, shit. Greg, are you telling me that if Jack were to roll up his sleeves, he'd be covered in tattoos? No. No. <laughs> he would not, unfortunately. But there's always the future. Should have gotten tattoos in jail, man. <laughs> Is there always a future? I think uh, we're going to see that soon. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <sighs> You know, yeah, I was no... I was totally okay up to this point until you just said that. I I as far as I'm aware, there's no laws against tattooing corpses. Uh, I could be wrong though. <laughs> so is this when we bring up the it's a new session? He we get new hero point cards? <laughs> oh, that's not happening yet. <laughs> oh, I didn't think so. It was worth a shot. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> 30 minutes ago. As the trees grow closer together and the sucking mud gives way to firmer ground, the blue beam overhead becomes obscured by the canopy of the Immenwood. The blue light that filters through falls upon the carpet of dead leaves and downed branches, casting bizarre and disorienting shadows. 
The air is filled with an ever-present static-like energy that gnaws at your senses. It's not long before you lose the gaunt trail and end up deeper into the forest. Gwillem's going to look around, try to maybe use the starry sky or familiar landmarks to help get home, but he's really unable to see much through the haunting blue light. And Gwillem will say, Stop! I need to catch my breath. Are you even sure we're going the right way, Borwin? I can hardly see anything except that damnable light. Uh, I do not like this. How did we become lost so quickly? The trail is not normally this hard to follow. Borwin tries to hide the fact that he's lost the trail. Embarrassed and confused, he says. Atari is almost directly south of the keep. If you want to stop for a moment... I'll, I'll scout ahead and try to regain the trail. D'accord. At least light the torch so we can see you. Of course. Borwin, as you range ahead, you start to see familiar landmarks and know that you are drawing near your childhood home. You're confident that you could find your way back to the cottage, even though you haven't seen it in uh, 12 years. And from there, back to Otari. Borwin finds a specific, unmistakable olive tree. He runs his hard, dirty, and scarred hands across the bark and touches the heart-shaped carving on the trunk. The letters GW and BA are carved within the heart. He knows exactly where he is. This is the tree that Borwin's parents planted the day that they found out his mother was pregnant with him. Finding this, Borwin will return to where he left the others. Are they still there? You guys wouldn't have left, would you? Nope. Oh, no, I'm absolutely still in the woods. Borwin taking a deep breath. <sighs> I know where to go from here. We've gone off the trail quite a way, but it can get us back to town. Then we must move. Let us away. Trying to regain his wind. Willem is going to simply guzzle what's left in his water skin while he huffs and puffs. Borwin guides the rest of you through the woods to a clearing, roughly uh, 50 feet in diameter. It's populated by tree stumps, young saplings, and a solitary, abandoned cabin. Constructed from most likely the logs that once belonged to the surrounding stumps. The nauseating blue light turns this peaceful scene into an alien landscape of unnaturally twisted shadows and unsettling stillness. I haven't seen my old home since my Amal returned to Absalom. It should still be untouched. Borwin shudders, remembering the events uh, on the day that his mother left. Perhaps some of my Apas... Barwin cuts his sentence short, the eerie blue light reminding him of the possible danger that looms over Otari. We've wasted enough time getting lost in these woods. If you can guide us out of here, we need to go. Now. I apologize for the delay. Let's, let's keep moving. Gwilym steadies himself on his staff, and his breathing slows enough finally that he can speak. Who knows what devilry awaits us back in town? 
be ready for anything. Should we get separated? Rendezvous back at my bungalow. The uh, V. I live but a few doors down from the church at 22 Donflower Street. I do not plan on getting lost again. Borwin, you could almost navigate back to Atari from here with your eyes closed. You'd say it's uh, about 30 minutes, but if you hustle, you can make it in half the time. But you'll all be fatigued. We have to hurry. Oh yeah, no time to waste. Gotta go fast. <laughs> ah, Craig, you're supposed to be on mute. Oh, my aching feet. Fine, let's go. Title card. Now. We see... Running. Just legs. Low angle. Sprinting in the night. Running down roads. Sliding around a corner. Running across a bridge. Recognize some familiar sights of Otari that pass by as these legs are sprinting. You see... Glimpses of a sword blade, as if those legs, the person they belong to, is carrying a sword. Fifteen minutes ago. You come out of the woods... And you can see that beam overhead clearly. And you can see where it ends. Strikes ground west of Otari. Very short distance west. Towards the south. Towards the cemetery. So that's like right by my house. Just up the cliff a ways from my house. Uh, yeah, me too, bro. <laughs> Definitely not me. <laughs> You're approaching from the north. Are we coming past the Stone Ring Pond up the northern side by the ridge, or are we coming? We would up? have to, because um, this is this is where I'm leading you guys from. We're just east of the the Gaunt Trail, and we're going to be heading straight south from there. We'll definitely be crossing past the the Stone Ring Pond. And, okay. and through onto Phrasma's walk. As we go past Stone Ring Pond, is there anything odd or peculiar about it? And there's not a lot of people there, but everyone there is panicking. Just freaking out. Freaking out. There's still a couple of people there that they're 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 druids, they're like they're not really they don't go into town much. They stay up there. But they, the ones that are still there, they're kind of like weird hippie commune cult kind of people. You get a little bit of a Manson family vibe, but just a little. Just uh. a little. Just a little. And as we go past, like, are they but, saying anything about the light specifically? Like, are they saying something very clear like, oh, the prophecy has been fulfilled or some crazy no, shit? No, like nothing, nothing like that. But no, the ones that are still there are... are trying to gather things and they're they're in a panic they say don't go that way man there's like monsters or something there man it's a bad scene real harsh bro we're like trying to cleanse the woods so that these things don't like you know harm the animals and trees man Gwilym will just hustle everybody past this group saying well they surely don't have any more insights than we do let's move on 
We will Vee's continue. A lot, oh, sorry, just a lot quieter now. She's just like looking really intensely at the cemetery. It's pretty obvious she's anxious about what's going on. We cut back to see that runner from before. We see them now running up the path that winds its way up the cliff from the library to the cemetery. Approaching the cemetery from the south. That tiny winding path down that there? That tiny winding path down there. Gotcha. And they head up from the south, and they get to the outside of the gates. And you can see, still just from about, uh, about the knees down. The posture's changed, though. It stops. Heavy breathing. You can see the sword hanging there. You see the bottom of a shield. Chest heaving clearly, just from the posture. As they stop for a moment, and rush further towards the cemetery. We cut back to see a wide shot of V mounted on Henry from behind, with the blue beam passing overhead towards the stone and iron walls of the graveyard. The closer you get, the harder it becomes to convince yourself that the beam of light isn't guiding you directly to the cemetery. You know, it's funny. It seems like no matter what you tell yourself... No matter how hard you try not to, you always fall back to following the light. First, in the woods. Then, in the keep. And now, you follow yet another light back to the cemetery. This isn't so different from the first time you stumbled out of the woods. It's been just a little bit over two months. V is quiet. She looks up at the light, sees where it's heading. She's concerned, frustrated, upset. All she can think to herself is, what was the point of this? Of anything they just did? They didn't save anyone, they didn't prevent anything, and they knew just as little as when they started that morning. Maybe it would have been better to just wait until night. At least then they would have still been in town, closer to where the light is. Maybe this was the consequence of her own decision. Why can't she do more? Why does it have to feel like she's always being just strung along? Why can't she be in control for one minute? Why is she still so weak? I hope we're not too late. Too late for what, I wonder? Hmm. Let's take a quick look around the cemetery, then utilize the southern pass back into town. Her grip tightens on her shield and lance, and she silently urges Henry ahead of the others. Seeing V scamper off, Gwilym's going to use the bottom end of his staff to uh, tap the bottom of Borwin and say, Well, go on! And Gwilym will follow right after the two of them. Borwin, uh, catching his breath, will follow Gwilym's direction. You all get the sense that something, somewhere, is watching. As you get closer to the cemetery, there is no denying that this light does terminate inside these hallowed walls. You see little blue motes of light flitting about like fireflies in Desnes. You see one of the mausoleums outside of the gates ahead a short way on the right. You see a skeletal figure staggering out of the stone doors. Uh, I see darkness. I have to find it. There it is. Yep. Oh, no. 
we cut back to the runner. Still that same ground angle, close shot. The legs begin to move again, running. We see the decaying legs and tattered, rotten clothing of what appears to be a, a walking corpse approaching. The runner does a quick sidestep, some fancy footwork, and we see the nicked and weathered blade of the sword swing in an upward arc. We hear the wet sound of the blade slicing through thin flesh. The corpse falls. Its decrepit face lands just in front of the camera before this unidentified character's boot slams down upon the corpse's head, smashing it into a slimy mess as they run further into the cemetery off camera. It's at this time that we cut back to a high shot of Borwin, making his way towards the cemetery. He's filthy, covered with swamp water and blood and mud. We cut to a close-up of his hands. His knuckles and fingers are composed more of callus and scar than anything else. His grip is wrapped around the torch so tightly that his knuckles have changed color. What in the world is going on? I, would we have healed? Like, I feel like we would... I don't know. If we were rushing, I don't know if we would have healed on the way here, but... Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah no okay. idea, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, I'm just as confused as you. <laughs> don't worry about it. All right. We cut back to those legs again. You see him run up a couple of steps. You can see gravestones. And these feet, they're moving fast, running. And again, you see them charge up. One of them comes up off the ground. And you see another zombie hit the ground. And you see the sword plunge into the chest of the zombie. And we cut back. Another high, high bird's eye view. Top down. See Gwillem approaching the cemetery. Just behind his friends. Well, everybody, that was quite a, a scramble. So, what are we doing here? Not sure. Just be careful. We don't know she, what's here. She takes out her lance and shield. She is staring down that skeleton monster across away title card 40 minutes ago everyone's at the top of the lighthouse that blood mist just exploded hit that energy field surrounding the the beacon at the top of the lighthouse and sizzled away. Borman gets a second coating of blood paint on his body. Jack's lying on the ground. <laughs> Greg? Keep yourself yes. muted. Oh no, mute. Nope. Mute. And uh, make sure uh, send me a test roll, make sure the whisper is turned on. Did anybody see this? I say it. Okay, you're I not whispering. I see it too, yep. That's right. Get the get the bad ones out first, buddy. Yeah. Turn the whisper on. 
Still seeing it. Still seeing it. I saw it. Can you keep that one? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Greg, okay, on, on. on the what dice the thing, there's a little button that says GM at the top. Oh, that's I'm, I'm clicking the wrong thing. I clicked the whisper thing on my character sheet. Okay, let me try this again. <sighs> Making me nervous. You. <laughs> I don't think that's good. I wonder what they're plotting over there. The bastards. No, no. It, whether it was good or bad, I know. I, I know they're plotting something. <laughs> we see the scene at the top of the lighthouse. Jack, unconscious. Uh, vampiric mist slain. Everyone's in disarray. We see the same boots from the beginning of this episode come into frame. The soles are visible. Completely worn smooth from years and years of wearing them. They aren't moving. A cough comes through from off-camera, and the feet jerk suddenly. Jack comes to for just a moment. <coughs> uh, where? Where? Jack! She runs over to him. She's looking over at Gwillem's like, Do something! Help him! Gwillem will rushly shuffle over and uh, start evaluating, see what he could do. <coughs> you didn't leave me behind. <laughs> no, why would we do that? Jack, stay with us! Do something! Borwin, rip off a piece of your cloak. Borwin does it with a swiftness. And hands it over to Willem. Gwen will take it and try to tourniquet or wrap it around or plug up the wound. It's not working. Come on, Jack. Stay with us. Look, there's a clue. His face is turning white. No, no. Jack, stay with us, Jack. I'm so you don't ever have to come back here again, I promise you! I won't, you won't have to come back here! I'm sorry for making you come here! <coughs> Borwin, hey. come put pressure on this! Uh, uh, Borwin will join Gwilym in a, and assist him with what he requested. Gwilym will grab Borwin's hands and quickly press them onto the cloth where he has it covering the wound. Uh, Borwin. Yes. Come here for a sec. Yes, Jack. He weakly lifts up his arm and he uh, touches your cheek lightly, but just falls back to the ground. I told you I'd get you back. <coughs> Damn it, Jack, stay with us. Don't. No. Gwilm's gonna try helping him drink some water. 
from a water skin. It looks like he's trying to drink it, but he's just too weak to swallow. Don't. Don't waste the water on me. Quillum. Yes, Jack. For me. Be not nicer to people. Don't. Don't be like me. Oh, come now, Jack, you are just fine. Just fine. V? She is furiously praying to, to Saren Ray. just streams and streams of prayers over and over, just pleading to Saren Ray for assistance just this once. She'd ask for nothing else. Just please, just this once. Show herself and help Jack, please. V? Can you... Tell me of Saren Ray. She, she is a goddess of the sun. She believes in redemption, the good of people. Jack, don't don't see her. What does she look like? <coughs> she is... Skin is bronze, her hair is flame, she has magnificent wings. She's beautiful. Come on, Jack. No bother with gods now. You're staying here with us. That... Uh, uh. That sounds... Uh. Jack! Jack! Fuck! Uh. He's just crying. Where is your god now? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, dude. Uh. It seems no combination of medical acumen or religious fervor could help Jack in the end. You cut back to now. You're all there at the cemetery. Everybody roll initiative. Bum, bum, bum. You don't get to do that, Greg. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Uh. <laughs> Man. Well, with that, Borhan rolled an 11 first initiative. Fuck. We rolled 19. Are you guys okay? <laughs> no, Greg. I don't know okay. yet. I don't know how I feel. I need time to process, not just fight stuff. Ah!
Ah, oh, alright. Golem got an 18. Alright. Sorry, I'm I I'm trying to figure out how to make uh roll twenty work now that uh, I'm emotionally destroyed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oof. Oh, man, I was hoping it wasn't going to go that way. Shit, me too. <laughs> I saw the 18. I'm just like, oh, no, that was the one good roll he got. No. <laughs> Greg, do uh, do another whisper roll to me with your uh, initiative value, and I'll put you on the tracker. Okay. That's Here comes on. a new friend. Greg's initiative. Hmm. It's too soon. <laughs> <laughs> nope, Gwillem is, Gwillem is used to all these uh, very mortal meat sacks coming and going, so, you know. On to the <laughs> next one. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Have they all told you to be nicer? <laughs> oh, man. I'm so sad. All right. If Gwillem could count the amount of death promises he's heard in his time as a surgeon. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So, top of the order, we got this skeleton that shambled out of that mausoleum that's north of the cemetery. It's coming towards you guys. Let me find its stats, because this is... Man, not having an extra monitor is very, very inconvenient. Yeah, just as a player running on a laptop, like I do, it's uh, already inconvenient having to flip back and forth, and I don't have half the things that you got to deal with. I've also got, like, my cell phone going over here with, like, notes and all this other stuff. Ugh. Um, when you would like one more thing to have going on, let me know. I have to ask you for something. <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll get back to you in a little bit. This... Lone Skeleton becomes aware of you and begins to rush at V. Oof, but it runs out of steam and ends its turn about uh, 20 feet away from V. Whose turn is next? Oh, but I got plenty of steam. You know what you All don't right. have plenty of is a hero point card. I <laughs> am sending them now. <laughs> yes! All right, everyone, here's your little tree. You had to watch your friend die. Now have a nice pretty card. <laughs> All right, now I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> You've never been happy. First action is command Henry to move. So I'm going to get right all up in this guy's face. Mounted charge attack. Well, that's, that mounted charge is an actual thing. It's just an attack. That's mm, probably not going to do it. A 12 to hit. This thing has a better AC than 12. Alright. You charge up to it, and you are too emotionally distraught. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's two actions, so let's try that again. Henry is going to zoom around behind it to set up a flank for Borwin, but I'm going to stay five feet away since I have reach. And all I want to do is stab things, so... Ooh, 24. Alright. 24 is definitely going to hit. Nice. I gotta roll a d6. Ooh, six! Nice! <laughs> hey, there you go. Plus my strong. So that's three. So that's nine damage. Be straight with fury. <laughs> Righteous fury. <laughs> you said nine? Nine. You get around the side of it, and you come back, and your second attack, you come through, and you... 
knock the head off of it and it collapses. Nice. That's, that is nice. the Dalton way. We go for the heads. Dark. <laughs> All right, that's your turn, right? Indeed. All right, next up is Dr. If you can still call yourself that, Gwillem Nevig. <laughs> Damn. I will. Damn. I will still call myself that because I could call myself that in 50 years when all the people who witnessed my failures have died. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you continue to be their doctor, it'll be way quicker than 50 years. <laughs> oh, oh. Damn. Oh. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> so, uh,. On that note, with the uh, enchanted gusto, I'm going to encourage myself and others to get things done with infectious enthusiasm. It <laughs> is like the most out of character <laughs> spell. <laughs> or maybe that's perfectly in character. That's the only way he can become enthusiastic is with magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he might just be so excited to be in a graveyard. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Surrounded oh. by all your patience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, zing again. Oh, man, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Infectious Enthusiasm is a cantrip spell. I will give myself a plus one status bonus to my choice of attack rolls, will saves, or charisma-based skill checks, and I will choose attack rolls. Also, during the spell's duration, any ally who's observing me casting this spell who was within 30 feet of me, uh, can, with a single action, with a concentrate trait, also gain that bonus. So, after that, I will move forward to be near V. The camera cuts back to those legs that we saw earlier. It finally pulls back and pans up. What do we see, Greg? A young man with sun-kissed skin and wide, icy blue eyes can be seen running up to the cemetery, his green cloak billowing from behind. He's about 5'10", athletic and toned, as if he has tilled the earth almost all his life. He's dressed in haggard old hides, adorned with metal studs that look like they've seen more battles than this man, barely out of his teens, could have possibly participated in. The blue light glistens off his weathered blade as he rushes forth, and, shield at the ready, determination written on his face. For two actions, he moves forward 50 feet towards the zombie, and he swings his bastard sword at the thing. For... 23. A 23 is... Check this out, guys. Critical hit. First yeah. attack roll of the game for this character. Alright! <laughs> good good things. Good omens. Nice. Critical good hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's too good. Maybe we should use a hero point card to change it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. What kind of damage? Looking like seven slashing damage. You charge through the cemetery, weaving between headstones towards this somewhat still intact corpse. This thing's still got flesh and, and, and meat on it. It's not all skeletal yet. This is someone that's probably only recently died. That's emerged from the ground. You charge... And you swing that sword, and you take out the leg, and you deal how much? Seven damage. Seven damage with your sword. It deals way more damage than you thought. Slicing through easily, like a hot knife through a zombie's leg. <laughs> mm -hmm. Damn. <laughs> it 
the leg comes off, the thing drops to the ground prone. Is it still groaning? It's still groaning in the boneyard. Okay. Title of the episode. <laughs> there we go. Groaning. Then for his final the action, he raises his shield. Oh, so after that great introductory turn for this new guy, comes the zombies. The one you just cut the leg off of is going to try to stand up onto the stump that you left behind. That'll trigger my attack of opportunity. Yeah. got him. He'll finish the previous swing by bringing the sword up into the air and then stabbing it down on the thing. 26. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is another critical hit. Okay. He's trying to prove himself. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> this is, again, slashing. Mm -hmm. Severed tendon crit effect. Until healed, the target is clumsy one and takes a minus five foot status penalty to its land speed. So you mm. still deal your damage. How much damage are you doing? That's a max on the die, so that's 11. 11 points of slashing damage. Got it. <laughs> right, you sever the temporal tendon that uh, attaches the jawbone to the skull. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. You stab the thing in the head and kill it. That's way more than enough damage. Nice. However. You've got more than just that one to deal with here. From the south, towards the gate that you entered from, another one of these zombies comes shambling towards you. Gets right next to you. Then, you notice from the east, another one starts moving towards you as well. And, another one. Borwin, your turn. Would... We hear the commotion that's going on, or would we have to roll a perception to hear it? I will do a perception roll for you guys. Okay. What's your perception modifiers, everybody? That's not Greg? My perception modifier is six. Paul's apparently sick of the last fight. Can I say that I, I would have puked before yeah. we... Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I have a seven. Okay, so it's five. Okay. Gwillem hears it. Willem hears the over all the commotion from the, the surrounding area. But you, you hear that there's some fighting going on in the cemetery. Then uh, before I move, would, would Willem say anything about it? or? Come on, Barwin, there's quite a din. We'll need <clears throat> your help. All right, Barwin is going to rush ahead towards the graveyard then, using all three actions for his turn. As you step out, into the opening. You see the gate in front of you. You're able to see now there's a, a hedge wall that surrounds this cemetery. You weren't able to see into it, but now you can. And you see that beam of light that's been coming from the lighthouse hits like a spotlight in the center of the cemetery. You're able to see inside. And you see numerous gravestones and mausoleums and you see walking corpses some fresher than others all shambling around inside you see a lot of them in there moving so there's a gate in front of Barwin here yeah single action to open it i've already used all three of my actions um then since i can't move forward or really do anything else uh Barwin is just going to address what he sees well, there's a lot of undead here. Get ready to throw down. <laughs> Bo would be like, let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> <laughs> v, back to you. Uh, I 
just want to take a minute to think of how selfish I want to be right now. So selfish. So selfish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Quillam approves. How high is that gate? Because I'm going to see it. How high is the gate? Are you trying to jump it? Yeah. That's not going to be easy. That thing's seven feet. Oh, never mind then. That's that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> <laughs> all right. First action, uh, I command, and Henry gets his two actions, so we're running up. Going to get straight up next to Morwen. I'll have to use my one action to open that door. You open the gate. This, this gate. This same gate. The first signs of civilization as a sentient being that you'd ever seen. The same gate. <sighs> she knows those gates very well. The first time V saw those gates, they were such a relief to see. They were almost comforting, in a way, even if a graveyard was behind them. Because it was a sign she had finally left the trials of that swamp behind her. And now, something was tarnishing this place. It's true. What's V going to do about it? Alright. Next up, we're moving Henry again. We're going to charge at uh, this guy who's to the most north, that Skeleman. Yeah. Andrew Skeleman's the name. <laughs> Car insurance is the game. Staying five feet away from him, but going to do a lance attack at this guy. As you're attacking him, would you like to buy a car? <laughs> Come on, man. Eleven. Ooh. Didn't you know, V? It's the new guy show right now. Come on. That's true, yeah. I can't, I can't, out, I can't outshine him right now. <laughs> yeah, that is going to be a miss. That's all I got. Gwillem, what are you doing? Everybody is rushing forward. I seem relatively safe. Gwillem will take his first two actions to stride right behind Borwin and next to a large bush Wow, okay, so there's quite a bit happening in there. Oh, yeah. I will continue to stay behind Borwin <laughs> and uh, also stay behind this bush. I will take cover. <laughs> you hide. You hide in the bushes. Let me cut back to the newly revealed gentleman with a sword and shield getting mobbed by zombies. There's one of them right, right up next to you with two more headed towards you. And I just realized that the skeletons got knocked off the initiative order on accident. Mm. They should have gotten a turn. Oh, the zombies are knocked off the initiative order too. What the Whoops. fuck? Yes. We did so well with those crits. Good <laughs> job. Good job. <laughs> Damn, that's a, that's a pretty targeted strike to, to screw up Adam's fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. To be fair, that whole entire turn just messed up Adam's mojo. Everything has ruined me entirely. Um, <laughs> do, I need, do I need to go back? Uh, no, no, no. It's okay. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and have the skeletons go. Uh, I know that the uh, zombies went after me. The, well, the, well, the rule... zombies were last, and the skeletons were first. Right. <clears throat> and now they're gonna bone rush, Greg. <laughs> I don't know what a bone rush is, but I don't want any part of it. Oh, no. But, uh, yeah, so we, we took things out of order a little bit here, so, um, oof. I think the only thing that happened was the skeletons missed their turn. 
Yeah, the skeletons missed a turn, and then they missed a second turn. Okay, so skeletons will go. Yeah, it's going to attack V, because it's right next to you. So, does a 21 hit you? Yeah, it's going to hit. All right, out of the gate, this thing comes swinging at you. It gets you with the claw for three points of slashing damage. All right, so he moved and attacked. Did it need to move? I thought you... Yeah, I, I, oh, that's I right, you said you're five. five okay. feet away. Yeah, so it moved right up to you and attacked you. Then it'll attack you a second time. How about another tw uh, 20? Yeah. On the second that's, attack. That'll do it. Three more damage. Well, at least they're... Uh... At least it's minimum damage twice in a row. There you go. Yeah. The remaining skeletons close in on the party. Next, we go to this new character. Greg, it's your turn. Okay. <clears throat> So, going to take another bastard sword swing at him. The guy in front of me. Ooh! Ooh, that's a nat 20. Oh, for 20 <laughs> <What>? minutes. <laughs> right it's insane. The place. God damn, you're it's stealing the all the new good rolls. It's the <laughs> three, <laughs> three crits in a row. Holy you're trying shit. to make us not miss uh, Jack with <laughs> the guy coming in and just wrecking shop. Holy cow. So, this... Critical effect for a slashing attack on this zombie. It says, delayed wound, normal damage, crit effect. The target takes the same amount of damage at the end of its next two turns. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think it's going to be alive that just, long. <laughs> all right. Just standing there. How much damage? Is that the Pathfinder version of, like, unsheathing your sword real quick and then putting it back yeah. and then they die? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Sword, Jesus. <laughs> Fuck me, man. All right, well, that's going to be uh, 10 slashing damage. It is, again, much more effective than you anticipate. You deal a lot of damage. <laughs> Still up, though. Okay. Going to take a look at this thing just for a brief moment, seeing that I definitely dealt a telling blow. You cut across, and it's like the the. You cut across the belly, and all the organs are starting to spill out. Gross. I bet that smells great. Oh, definitely. <laughs> okay, I'm going to then move over here for a second action, and I'm going to take a swing at this guy for my sec for my final action. Okay. Hmm. That one's not so good. Uh. Eight. Oh, that is a critical hit. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, that's actually a miss. <laughs> it's a crit I miss. I did it. I finally shoved out. No, it's a regular old miss. This wait, thing does wait, not wait, have wait, an wait, 18 wait. AC. Do you have a hero point card? You know, I was actually going to say... Uh, fourth crit. Fourth am I supposed crit. To get, fourth am I supposed to get two of them? Yeah, you got two of them. Mm. One for each character. <laughs> 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 Just in case. Ah, uh, could, could have gone with All a... right, we're going to end here for the week, and uh, everybody get rid of your hero point cards. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>